Experience tranquility. You're listening to Know the Lord. My name's Chris, aka SlurredNerd on Twitter, or if you play Overwatch on the PlayStation Network. And on this podcast, I go through all of the lore that Blizzard has currently given us for Overwatch. I am researching, dissecting, and reporting it all back to you, so that you can listen to all the lore in one place. Over the last few weeks, I've gone over several characters from the current roster, and I've given you a little bit of information on new characters or new maps and things that we might see in the future, and I'm going to do it again. As of today, the day that I am recording this episode, which it'll probably end up coming out a week after, so this will be old news, but more data mining has been done um, in the Overwatch PTR, which is the public test realm. And um, there's so many new audio files that have been found in there, and a lot of them hint to more characters, more maps, things like that. And I made a list of some of the things that I thought were the most interesting. I'm going to go through it just really quick, and then we're going to get into our characters. And like I said, all of this, this is going to be speculation, and this is going to be based off of the data mined audio files. And if you go on Reddit, there's a post where you can download these audio files that, that have been collected. So if you want to go through them yourself, I went through some of them today. There's so many in there. There's like 20,000 files at least. So there's probably a whole lot of stuff that we still haven't found, but a lot of really interesting stuff in there. As far as new levels, one that we know we're going to get for sure is a castle in Germany that is going to be the home of Reinhardt. And we do get a little bit of information on it and um, basically some proof through some of the audio files. There is one audio file of Reinhardt saying it's good to be home and he starts calling for Bridget, which if you read the Reinhardt short story, which I talked about in the last episode. So this is definitely Reinhardt returning back to his roots. He also mentions that a lot of his companions are buried here. Which makes me think that maybe there's going to be some sort of burial area or like graveyard or something. That would be cool. That would be really awesome to have a, a battle in a graveyard or something like that. And to couple with that, there's a lot of like really creepy music and audio files, like strange sound effects that have been found. It could be linked to that or it might be something that we're going to get later on around Halloween There's a bunch of new themed loot, like loot boxes and things like that, and a new weekly brawl, basically themed for the Summer Olympics, and if they're doing a Summer Olympics theme, that tells me that they're going to do a lot of themes. I mean, that's not a holiday, it's a cool event, but Blizzard, especially in like World of Warcraft, is known for doing a lot of themes for holidays, so maybe we're going to be getting some special stuff for like Halloween, for Christmas... Um, I definitely hope so, even if it's just a cool brawl or a new map that we're going to have for a limited period of time, that would still be really awesome, so I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff. There's also an area that's referred to by Athena, who is our narrator in the game, called Ordinance Bay, and along with that, along with the her saying the words Ordinance Bay, there's a lot of sound effects of seagulls and the ocean and birds and... It, it, it makes me think that there's going to be a, a, a map that's going to be kind of a beach sort of theme. 
don't know for sure. Maybe it'll be more like a shipyard, which seems more likely. So that might be really cool. There's also a lot of speculation right now that there's going to be an underwater um, submarine type level because there are a lot of noises that sound like you're underwater, that it's distorted, that sound like radar or sonar noises, those typical noises you hear in movies. There's a lot of sound files with stuff that sounds really similar. So that's also another possibility. Maybe it'll be a capture the point thing where there's three different areas. So maybe we're outside for a while. Maybe there's one part of it that's inside the submarine. Different things like that. Maybe you're on a ship. It, it sounds cool, though. I like the idea of these. I like the potential for what this could be. Athena also mentions a location called Bulbatai. And so that makes me think that we're going to see a, another foreign country. Um, there's some that think that maybe this is going to be a version of Diva's Place uh, from Korea. There's an audio file in the game also of her saying, I will defend my country. And since we are going back to Reinhardt's Place of Origin... And a lot of the other maps that we already have are the places of origin for some of our other characters. We've got King's Row in England for Tracer. We have Hanamura for Hanzo and Genji. So it's a very big possibility that maybe we're going to see a part of Korea for D.Va. But as far as that goes, that's literally the only proof that we have so far that that could be one of the levels that we see. Horizon Lunar Colony is another place that I think everybody thinks we will probably visit. If you don't know what that is, that is the colony on the moon that Winston grew up in, and that's an episode. I will cover all of that information. But there is a ton of audio files right now of Winston referencing the moon, and that sounds like a cool level anyway. So more than likely, we will see that happen at some point. Maybe sooner than later if they've started adding audio files that, that mention it. But so far I haven't seen one by Athena actually saying the words Horizon Lunar Colony or the moon or anything like that. So maybe it's farther down the line or maybe we just haven't found it yet. We'll see. There's a lot of electronic noises, a lot of digital noises, uh, sound effects, as well as music. This sounds like it might be attributed to Sombra. If we know anything about Sombra, she we know that she is a hacker. She's obviously going to be technology-based to some extent, so these are probably sound effects for her. But we're also hearing a male voice in several audio clips that we don't know who this is yet. My guess is it's Liao. I talked about him in a previous episode. He is the one member of the original generation of Overwatch whose name we have that has not been talked about yet by Blizzard. So we've kind of had teasers. He's been mentioned in things before. If you even go on their website, if you go on Wikipedia, you will see his name listed. And that's all we've got. So these could be voice files for him. Or it could be something completely different like Doomfist. A lot of people are hoping that we see Doomfist. And that's another character I will talk about in the episode with Winston once we get to that. And once again, because I was talking about Sombra, there are a lot of audio files for each character in the game referencing a hidden enemy. So originally Blizzard was planning on having a stealth class in the game. They played around with it, they felt it wasn't working really well, and they had said that they did not want to visit stealth. So I'm not sure if these are old files or if these are going to be attributed to Sombra because there's a lot of evidence that she could have some sort of invisibility or cloaking type move. I mean, it's it's a possibility. So 
having all those audio files for each character just makes me think that there's probably more to it. So, yeah, I do think there's a good chance that Sombra is going to have some sort of cloaking capability. I talked about that a little bit in the episode before this one. Um, so just the speculation continues over that character, but this has been really exciting because we are seeing a whole lot of evidence for other levels we might get, for other characters we might get. So I'm really excited about all of this, but before I keep rambling about this stuff, because I could just keep talking your ear off all day, very sorry, we're going to get into our characters for today. I've given you the backstory of how this world has come to be in the state that it's in, but we haven't gone too deep into the characters that represent the biggest change to this version of Earth, and that is the Omnics. And we currently have two Omnics in the roster, and that is Bastion and Zenyatta. And I'm going to start with Bastion first. So Bastion to me is probably the most unique character in the game, not just because he can't talk, but because his story is extremely interesting. So first of all, Bastion is actually a type of Omnic rather than an individual name. So the Bastion units were created as peacekeepers and they had the ability to basically reconfigure their forms to either act as like a stationary machine gun turret or they can become miniature mobile tanks. And just like all the other Omnics, something changed them. We think it was that God AI program, or maybe there was multiple God AI programs. It hasn't been confirmed exactly what happened yet, but those things were involved at some point. And it turned the Bastion units with the other Omnics against the humans. And the Bastions actually made up the biggest percent of the Omnic forces. Once the Omnic Crisis ended, all of the Bastion units were either destroyed or they were disassembled because they were seen as a symbol of the horrors of the war that took place. I imagine it would be like us seeing a swastika. I mean, obviously that has connotations to it. If we see a swastika, if we see anything resembling World War II or Nazi Germany, we have this very instinctive thought process. So I imagine that, that people, if they would see a Bastion unit running around, it would be like that for them. They would feel threatened. So basically all of them were destroyed or taken apart. And obviously that's not the entire truth because one unit survived. This is the only Bastion unit in existence. And because it doesn't have a name, we refer to it as Bastion. This Bastion unit was severely damaged and it shut itself down and it just kind of sat dormant in the middle of a field. So either it went undiscovered for a long time or people thought it had already been decommissioned. So as the years ticked by, it rusted, it became entangled with plants and vines, and even became a shelter for small animals. Like, I'm not even joking. That is the story that small animals were living inside a bastion. So one day, something triggered him to reboot. So he came awake from his long sleep, although we don't know what caused it, maybe we'll find that out in the future. But despite its previous programming by whatever the God AI program did to it, most of its battle protocol was lost. So Bastion, as we now call him or her, there is some debate on whether you refer to Bastion as the male or female. Um, so Bastion was curious about the world and about life in general. He's honestly relatively harmless. In fact, his best friend is a tiny little bird referred to as Ganymede by Blizzard. And you can often see Ganymede sitting on his shoulder or on his finger or when he transforms into the tank. Sometimes it's hanging out inside the gun. I mean, honestly, it just hangs out with him at all times and it's kind of cute, honestly. So as friendly and as nice as Bastion seems, 
if he is threatened or feels threatened, his combat protocol will kick in, at least for a small period of time, which has caused issues when he's been confronted by humans. So as a result, Bastion tends to stay away from cities or any large populated area, and he prefers to hang out in the wild alone, save for any of his little furry or feathered friends that he might meet. So... That's literally all we really know of Bastion up to this point, though I wouldn't be surprised if we see more from him from Blizzard down the line. I think he is a character that is prime for an animated short. Even Pixar would be getting jealous to animate a character such as Bastion. However, he's not the only super clever Omnic on the Overwatch character roster. So, without anything further, let's move on to our next one, our Robomonk Zenyatta. So if we know anything, we know that Blizzard loves to include monk-type classes in their video games. We have had two versions of monks in Diablo, if you count the original Hellfire expansion from Diablo 1, which another company did work on, but it was still there. And then we got the monk back for Diablo 3, we got monks for World of Warcraft, Missa Pandaria. So of course we had to have some kind of monk in Overwatch, although he's not the traditional hands and feet fighting kind. Though he does kick as his melee, which is cool, he still totally counts, and he's arguably one of the most unique playstyles in the game. So, let's talk about where he came from. Though, once again, the Omnics typically, a lot of them aren't really referred to as having a gender, but we do see in some of the animations that some of them are built specifically to sort of resemble a male figure. I'm sure there's some female figured ones too. But Zinya is another one that's built to kind of resemble male, and he speaks with a male voice. So I'm just going to refer to him again in the masculine until I know better. So Zinyata, obviously an Omnic, and as we know, not all the Omnics wanted to fight the humans during the Omnic Crisis. And most of them didn't want to fight once it was over. I don't know at what point Zenyatta chose his path, but we do know that after the Omnic Crisis was over, a particular group of Omnics experienced what they would call a spiritual awakening. What caused this, we don't know. Maybe it was another God AI program that didn't agree with the others and didn't want to cause hostility and instead wanted peace. We don't know, but whatever violent programming had invaded them before was now completely gone. Either way, something in them changed and they abandoned their pre-programmed lives. This caused a mass exodus when many of these Omnics traveled deep into the Himalayas to establish a communal monastery where they practiced meditation and they contemplated the nature of their existence. After many years of this practice, this order of Omnic monks that called themselves the Shambhali came to the conclusion that they were more than artificial intelligence, but they also possessed individual souls, a trait that convinced them that they were spiritually equal to humans. One outspoken Omnic quickly became the figurehead of the Shambhali order and saw that it was his duty to heal the wounds that were caused by the Omnic crisis and he began traveling the world speaking with those who would listen that humans and Omnics could and should live together in harmony. This Omnic was called Takartha Mandata and surprisingly much of the world actually embraced his message. In fact, if you watch the animated short called Alive, you can see Mandata addressing a crowd in King's Row, and it's not only attended by humans and Omnics alike, but many of them are obviously there together. There's a very specific human woman in the arms of one of the Omnics that's shown multiple times and gives the impression that they share some kind of romantic relationship. And I have to say, the animators did a great job with their body language and the facial expressions on this woman, that it didn't feel weird, it felt really believable. 
This instantly made Mandata and his group of Shambhali celebrities, which didn't sit right with one of their order, and that was Takartha Zenyatta. So Takartha obviously is some sort of title as opposed to a name. They just seem to have the singular names with that as a title that's attached to it. So he disagreed with all the publicity and the dogmatic preaching to the masses and felt that the way to really heal and to express the point of their spirituality was to establish close working relationships and engage individuals and communities on a personal level. So unable to support Mandata's quest any farther, Zenyatta left the monastery to travel the world, and he helped individuals pass their own struggles to help find peace. And if needed, Zenyatta will not back down from a fight if it means protecting the helpless and the innocent, be it omnic or human. So how effective is Zenyatta's interpersonal mentoring versus Mandata's widespread teaching? It's really hard to gauge, and neither is necessarily correct or incorrect. However, we do know that Zenyatta is responsible for saving the life of one of our other characters, not physically, but mentally and spiritually. Although Mercy gave this character a new body, it was Zenyatta who saved this person's spirit by helping him cope with his existence. But that's a whole nother story, and I will get to that character at a later time. And you can probably take your guess as to who it is. So last week, I was asking you guys what your favorite legendary skins are for Overwatch, and I disclosed that I love the Torbjorn Blackbeard skin, which is the first one that I got. A few people have been asking me if I've gotten any others or which ones I'm anticipating. For the legendaries, I love the Blackbeard one, as I said. I've got the young Genji, where he's a human with green hair, and I think it's really cool. I also have the Mercy's Devil skin, which is amazing, though I would love to get the Valkyrie. I also have Symmetra's Vishkar skin, which is cool, but it's kind of underwhelming compared to the Goddess one. I've also gotten Junkrat's Hayseed, which I think is actually my real favorite in the game. And I also really enjoyed the Bumblebee skin for D.Va, as well as pretty much all of Reaper's legendaries, of which I only have the white one. But as I said, as far as absolute favorite, I'm going to go with Junkrat's Hayseed, which leads me to the next episode's topic, Junkrat but also Roadhog and Farah. So you're going to get three instead of two, so don't say I never did anything for you. So make sure you come back for that episode. As always, you can contact me via Twitter or find me on the PlayStation Network at Slurred Nerd. We recently went through a network change, and I think I mentioned it on the last episode, but just in case, you can go to nerdsloth.com. We do have a contact form, so if you want to get a hold of me, you can go there. Or you can email KTL, that stands for Know the Lore, so KTL at nerdsloth.com. And hopefully by the time this episode airs, I will be prestige. My wife beat me by like weeks. She's been prestige for a while, which is super embarrassing. But she is an amazing gamer, and I have no chance if we were to ever play against each other. But I hope to see you guys on there. A couple of you have started adding me already. I'm looking forward to playing with you guys. But just so you know, I'm extremely casual. I, I'm not a hardcore gamer by any means. I'm just there to have fun. But I look forward to getting to hang out with you guys in-game. So thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you next week. That's me trying to do a Bastion impression. That That's all I got. See ya. Chris here. If you enjoy the show, please rate, like, subscribe, comment, or share, as every little bit you do helps the show. Know the Lore is recorded and produced by Nerd Sloth. 
More episodes can be found at nerdsloth.com along with our other awesomely nerdy shows. Search for Nerdsloth on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Music heard during the show is the Overwatch Victory theme remixed by DJ Efficia. Go to efficia.com to hear more. I'm not-